What's up, guys? Brett Apley here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. This week, we have UFC Vegas 56, Volkov versus Rosenstroik in the main event. Should be a really fun one. We have, I think, 12 consecutive weeks of fights coming up through the summer. Takes us through August, so it should be a really fun run. 14 fights on the slate this week. It's going to be a crazy one from a DraftKings perspective. As always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week on DraftKings. And before I do, make sure you subscribe to the channel here at the Mayo Media Network. So much great content coming out throughout the week across all sports. Like the video and comment below who your favorite play is in the 8K range. There's a lot of great options this week, a lot of high upside targets. Always curious to hear who you guys like. Without further ado, let's jump into my cash game play of the week, which is going to be Mofsar Evloev at 9.4K. All right, Mofsar Evloev at 9.4K in cash games. This is a, a sort of a tough week for cash games because there's three really strong, heavy favorite grapplers at the top of the board with Blanchfield at 9.6K. Jackson at 9.5K and Evloev at 9.4K. And honestly, I think they're all viable cash game options. I would probably try and fit two of the three into my lineups um, just because they, they're going to project out so well and they're so safe and they all have upside. I like Evloev, especially because of the price at 9.4K. He's cheaper than the other two. I feel he's very safe at minus 410 to win. The knock on him is that he has not yet won inside the distance in the UFC, and I wouldn't project him to win inside the distance in this matchup against Dan Ige. Uh, plus 425 inside the distance line, line is not strong, but Evlov's already proven he can score very, very well in decisions. Not that the highest floor in the world, but he scored 110 and 138 in two of his five UFC wins, has a 92-point victory in there as well. And this is a, a, a very clear matchup where Evloev should be able to land takedowns, should be able to control Ige, and that's going to score very well from a DraftKings perspective. So am I so confident that he beats out Jackson and Blanchfield? Absolutely not. I just think in a vacuum, Evloev at 9.4K, safety, grappling upside, uh, and that's about it. So Evloev, I, I believe he's one of the best grapplers in the featherweight division for sure, a highly technical wrestler, averaging four takedowns per 15 minutes, and we just saw his wrestling upside against Dewodu in his last matchup, landing nine takedowns, earning uh, nearly nine minutes of control time. And, and Dan Ige's a fire plug. He's tough, he's dangerous, he's got some boxing, he's, he's got some submission grappling, but defends takedowns at 55%, um, coming off a recent loss against Chan Sung Jung, in which he was taken down three times on five attempts, gave up 10 minutes of control, had his back taken multiple times, just wasn't a great look, really showed that he does have weaknesses in terms of his defensive wrestling, in terms of his grappling control, and... I just think Evloev is better than him, so I'm predicting Evloev to land takedowns consistently throughout the fight, control Ige consistently. Evloev wants an early finish, so maybe he can get it, but not an outcome I would bet on, but I don't think it's impossible that Evloev could find a submission in there. Regardless, even in a decision win at a low point, Evloev's still probably scoring 80 to 90 points, and he has 120 to 130 point upside as well, so I think Evloev's very safe. Again, with wrestling control upside, I like him at 9.4K. A little bit of a discount compared to the very top of the board. Evlove's going to be my cash game play of the week.
Next up, my tournament play is going to be Alonzo Menafield at 8.7K against Askar Mozarov. And truthfully, it's more of the fight that I want to target rather than Menafield himself. I believe Menafield's going to be one of the more popular fighters on this entire slate. And I think there's a very realistic chance that he loses. But the fight as a whole, as I'll get into, is just one of the better spots that I've seen in a while in terms of the potential for either side to win inside the distance quickly. And I think it's a fight that you absolutely need exposure to. So Menafield's priced at 8.7K. He was only, let's see, like minus 170 or so earlier in the week against this guy, Mozarov, who was making his UFC debut. When I wrote my breakdown on dailyfanmma.com, Earlier in the week, the matchup analysis part, Mozarov had a record of 25 and 7. His professional record now says he's 19 and 12. And there's a lot of weird stuff coming out about this guy essentially having different names, wiping his record clean, um, throwing fights when he was a teenager. And there's it's all hearsay from, from my end. But it's definitely swung betters in the favor in the favor of Alonzo Menafield as he's now minus what I say minus two forty five to win, minus one sixty five inside the distance. Um, this Mozarov guy looks like a very dangerous striker to me. I still think he's somewhat technical. I think he's very powerful, very aggressive, explosive, throws really damaging leg kicks, and he does so very early in fights to the point where he's winning fights in 20, 30 seconds. And granted, a lot of his competition is very, very bad, so it's not a guy who I expect to win consistently at the UFC level at all. I don't really... I think Menafield's that great either, to be honest. I don't trust Menafield as a range striker. I don't really trust Menafield as a grappler. I don't trust his fight IQ. I don't trust his durability. I don't trust his cardio. So for me, despite all these red flags on Mozarov, I still do think he has a chance to win. Uh, and I'll, I'll touch on him in a second. But the the downside to Mozarov is that he, what he's winning very very quickly, but he's also losing very very quickly as well. All twelve of his pro losses have come inside the distance. A lot of them come very very early in fights, in the first minute, in the first round. We've seen him tapping to strikes on the ground. There's there's a lot of evidence to believe that this guy's gonna go out there, throw a couple bombs, and then just absolutely quit. If he doesn't get a knockout, that's what I'm expecting to happen. And even more so, if Menafield is smart, I think he'll go in there just looking to wrestle right off the bat. I don't trust Menafield as a wrestler. He doesn't land takedowns at a very high rate. But we've seen him occasionally look to the takedown in the UFC. He has an early, like, Von Flew submission win against Fabio Charant. Menafield's not a great grappler, but neither is Mozarov. And this fight as a whole is minus... 800 to end inside the distance minus 220 under a round and a half Menafield at minus 165 at 8.7 K it feels like the very most likely outcome in this fight is that he wins in round one with the next most likely outcome being that he wins in round two he's going to be a popular fighter but at 8.7 K there's just too much finishing upside to ignore too many red flags on the side of Mozarov, I think you absolutely need exposure to Menafield. And like I said, Mozarov at 7.5K, yeah, there are red flags 
yeah, it's probably stupid to pick Mozarov outright or even consider the possibility that he could win given these red flags, but the, especially the leg kicks, the damaging leg kicks that I've seen him throw very early in fights, those are game changers. And I don't, I mean, I don't care who you are. If you, you cannot eat heavy, heavy, low leg kicks early in fights. And I think it's a path to victory for him. I think he's potentially a better striker than Menafield. And in the percentage chance, the non-zero percentage chance that he isn't a total fraud, and he did have some issues issues as a teenager and is now at a better camp, maybe he looks improved. And he's going to be a lot lower owned than he was going to be earlier in the week. 7.5K is a very cheap price tag. If he wins, it's probably a first-round knockout, and it probably comes against the most one of the most popular fighters on the slate in Menafield. So there's a lot of leverage targeting Mozarov against Menafield as well. So I'm absolutely loading up on this fight. I'm re I'm really excited to see how it plays out, to be quite honest. Uh, Menafield is the official pick as of now, but I, I do think Mozarov's a live underdog. Both are great, great targets on DraftKings. Make sure you get exposure to this one. Next up is my salary play of the week. I'm going to give out Alex Da Silva at 7.4K. And look, on a 14-fight slate, there are a lot of viable underdogs. Um, I'm expecting a handful of underdogs to win. Personally, I'm going to be spreading out my exposure. There's just no reason to target one and one underdog only on this slate. I think there's a lot of underdogs who have win equity and can compete and will we'll pull off the upset. I like Alex Da Silva at 7.4K because he's relatively cheap. Um, he has a wrestling grappling based style. And I think he's in a winnable matchup against Joe Selecki. I definitely think Selecki could beat him. I think Selecki could submit him. Selecki's a very good submission grappler, and he's had success in the UFC already. He won three fights in a row prior to his most recent loss against Jared Gordon, and he still had success in that fight as well. Selecki averages 2.8 takedowns for 15 minutes. Very, very good submission grappler, submission upside, etc. But I, I only really trust Selecki when he's on top of his opponent because he hasn't proven himself as a striker at range, doesn't land strikes at a high rate, isn't very effective. And he, he's also kind of showed that he's quite weak on the bottom. He got taken down by Jim Miller early in their fight and did nothing on his back and lost the entire round. So there, there are weaknesses in Selecki's game that I don't really like. And Alex Da Silva has, I just think, has potential to compete here. He's had a crazy regional scene career. He's 21-3 and three professionally, finished a ton of fights against mostly cans on the regionals, and has only won one of his three fights in the UFC. So I'm still looking for improvements out of De Silva here, but he's wrestled pretty aggressively, averages 2.75 takedowns per 15 minutes, a physical fighter, background in submission grappling as well, background in Muay Thai as well. So if this fight plays out on the feet, which it will to some degree, but probably not for a large portion. But when it does, I think it's fair to favor De Silva. I think he's a more technical striker than Selecki. He's shown a little bit more in his game than Selecki has. I mean, even just in that third round against Brad Riddell, who's a very legitimate talent, a good striker. Silva was out there trading with him. So I, I I hope this fight doesn't play out on the feet from a DraftKings perspective because we're not going to see big scores. But should that happen, I think Silva could compete with Selecki and probably edge him out. 
And in terms of the wrestling, he's again, he's a physical wrestler. He took Brad Riddell down three times. That's not uh, the most beautiful feat that you could possibly have in the UFC, but it's it's not something I want to overlook either. Silva landed three takedowns in the first round, controlled Riddell for three minutes, and won that round. And Selecki's already proven to me that when he gets taken down, he struggles on his back. So just putting two and two together, I think it's very possible that early in this fight, Silva lands takedowns and controls Selecki and wins rounds. And the fear with Silva is that he gets tired. And he got tired in his UFC debut and was choked out in the second round. He got tired against Riddell and lost rounds two and three. Him getting tired here is probably likely, and it could be the reason that he loses. It could be the reason that he gets finished. But I think he's going to have early success. I think his takedown game is good enough to be able to get Selecki to the ground. The control possibility is there. And ultimately, from a DraftKings perspective at 7.4K, it doesn't take much for me to take these chances on him at this number. He's only plus 145 to win the fight, so there's value on his line. Takedowns and grappling scores pretty well from a DraftKings perspective. De Silva already put up 88 points in a decision win. He has some submission upside, though I'm not expecting that. Ultimately, he's just a good salary saver who can very much compete with his opponent and potentially win. And the fighter's price below De Silva, for me, it starts to get more into the dart throw category where I feel Silva very realistically could win this fight. And you're saving a good amount of money helps you pay up to the top end should you need that for the rest of your lineup. So should be a fun fight. I'm looking forward to it. Grappling-based fight might be dependent on who lands the takedowns here. But uh, give me some chances on De Silva on DraftKings at 7.4K. And finally, my fade of the week. It's going to be Michael Trezano at 9.1K fighting against the newcomer Lucas Almeida. Trezano is a moderate favorite at minus 220, but I just don't think he has the DraftKings upside to compete with this range this week, especially at this price. I mean, we already talked about Evloev. Jackson has clear 100-point upside in a fight he should win, heavy favorite. Blanchfield has already put up 115, 126. In her two UFC wins, I think we're going to see big scores out of the top end of the 9K range this week. Fakhra Dinov at 9.2K, good inside the distance line, an aggressive fighter, grappler, has knockout power too. Price below Trezano, we have Jeff Molina, who's put up big scores. Ode Osborne, who has early finishing potential. Selecki, Menafield, I already talked about. Alexander Volkov, who's in the main event. For Trezano to come through and be optimal on this slate, he is going to need a big, big score. And he's just too passive for me to really make an investment in. He doesn't land strikes or takedowns at a high rate, averaging 3.54 significant strikes landed per minute, absorbing 3.9, 48% defense, not very strong takedowns, averaging 0.44 takedowns per 15 minutes. Um, I do think this is going to be an up-tempo fight. That's kind of the one argument I can make for Trezano. That and the fact that Lucas Almeida... Um, has some cardio weaknesses, has some grappling weaknesses. So perhaps Trezano truly can take advantage of him, just takes him down, submits him quickly, ends up in the optimal lineup at a low percentage. It's not impossible. But 
you know, Trezano had a had a, a, a talented striker in front of him in his last fight against Hakeem Duwadu and just kind of sat there and got outstruck for two rounds, didn't attempt any takedowns, didn't really attempt to clinch, finally landed a takedown in round three and then just gave up on it and lost 30-27. And it shouldn't surprise you that in Trezano's three UFC wins, he scored 66, 65, and 59 DraftKings points. That is nowhere close to being good enough on this particular slate. Trezano's a big favorite here, but he's plus 310 to win inside the distance. That's not indicative of a fighter who finishes at a high rate. Uh, again, I do think he's going to be very low-owned, and I, I like the pace, and there's weaknesses in Almeida's game. But from an investment standpoint, when I can pay up to the 9K range, I'm doing everything that I can to pay up to Blanchfield, Jackson, Evloev, Fokker and Dinov, and if I have 9.1K available, I might just go to Molina or Osborne or, or drop down to Menafield, Volkov, etc. So there are too many good options for me in this range. If you're making 150 lineups, I can understand, but with a more limited base lineup, um, I don't think Trezano is a great option. Too passive, doesn't produce offense at a high rate, too difficult of a range, so... Trezano is going to be my fade of the week at 9.1K. All right, guys, that's it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you again for the support. DailyFanMMA.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns and needs. I just put out like 20,000-word matchup preview DraftKings analysis article on all 14 fights on this slate. Doing a premium podcast tonight. Um, so check all that out, DailyFanMMA.com. You can follow me on Twitter for more at Brett Appley, double T, double P. Again, thank you for the support very much. Subscribe to the channel, like the video, and let me know who your favorite fighter is in the 8K range. Best of luck this week, guys. Take care. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.